0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project, where we connect our faith to our fitness. To be honest, I am not sure how my audio quality is right now. I'm, I'm traveling, uh, as you may know if you were listening to the last episode, and I'm kind of trying to set up this new setup. So I have my small, uh, one of my very, very first mics which I'll be honest, isn't as professional, but you know what? It gets the job done. It's portable, it's quick, it's easy, and I'm using it, so better than an iPhone mic. I, I really, really hope it's better than an iPhone mic because you know I paid for a microphone. But anyways, thank you for uh, for joining us today. <clears throat> You're going to have to also excuse me just a little bit because I am somehow still recovering from a sickness, which I've had for a few weeks now. Um, and it seems like a lot of people are getting sick this time of year. My my personal conspiracy theory is that it's just COVID, but no one's testing for it. Uh, but you know what? What can we do? COVID's done, apparently. Um, but yeah, you know, I thought it would be timely as it's 2024 now. We're in the second week, entering the third week of 2024. And I was just thinking, you know, reflecting on the things I learned being a coach last year. uh, Because, you know, it's been just over a year since I've launched my own coaching business and haven't been a coach for like Orange Theory or other private gyms. And I've just been working with Christians. And there have been a lot of things that I've learned over the year Uh, that I want to share because a lot of it actually does, and not only involve like the business side of things, but involves the health side of things. So this episode is seven things I've learned as a coach in 2023. And the first of those things is focus on the long-term goals. And Sorry again, but you know what? Let's talk about this. When I first, like, if 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 I if I have a client come to me or a prospect or whatever you want to call them, someone who wants to lose weight, someone who wants to get healthier, and we hop on our first phone call together, all of my clients know this is an enrollment call. You know, I want to dig deep and find out what's going on in your life. I want to also know not just your short-term goals, like not just what you want to achieve within the next six months, three months, whatever that is, but I want to know what your long-term goals are. What are your goals in life? What do you want life to look like one year, two year, five years from now? and we want to focus on those long term goals for a reason because there are so many people and so many programs offering short term success which of course is important you want short term success you don't just want to be really quick and 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 completely overlook your short term goals because you know we're living in the moment but sometimes those short term goals and short term success actually distract you from putting the work, which will pay off in the long run. For example, let's say your short-term goal, and I'm going to make this a business goal just to make sense in my mind, is to make $5,000 in one month, okay? But if your long-term goal is to make more than that, then you just stopping at $5,000 may actually hinder you from your long-term goal. And it's kind of like the same thing in fitness sometimes. Fitness and health, a lot of us have the goal. uh, I want to lose 20, 25 pounds within the next three months. But we don't realize, like, let's say our long term goal is we want to just be healthy. Maybe losing 20 or 25 pounds isn't actually in accordance with that long term goal. And many people may be like, what the heck? What do you mean? Like, how can losing weight not be in accordance with the long term goal? But such a limited view of weight loss as health is not actually what health is. Because what if you lose that 20 to 25 pounds, but you become so obsessed with your weight afterwards? Do you think you're healthy if you're living in an obsession? I don't think so. So anyways, my whole point here is there are so many short-term goals that we can become clouded over that actually can distract us from the long run. So don't fall for the quick fix, but Be willing to put in the work and be patient because quick fixes are everywhere and everyone is offering a quick fix. But you know what? Nicole told me something the other day. If any program is promising you a quick result, that means you can lose them just as quickly. If any program is promising you quick results, then you can lose those results just as quickly. Don't fall for the quick fix. Put in the work and be patient. All good things in life require work and patience, and God created us to work. Which brings me to number two. Christ gives us strength during the rough season and during the good season. Philippians four twelve to 13 an NIV translation says, <clears throat> I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. If you're unfamiliar with this verse, it's Paul talking, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, and he is just talking to the Philippian church, but after going through all the things that he has gone through in his life, he's gone through shipwrecks, he's lived in other people's houses, he's been beaten, been scorned, all for the gospel, imprisoned, but he's also lived a lavish life. At times, he's, he's been comfortable, he's been happy. And he says here, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. There have been times in his life where he has been in need and didn't have food, didn't have water, didn't have clothes, whatever it is. But he's also, there's also been times in his life where he's had everything he needed. He's had plenty. But he says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And that's strange. you know. Nowadays we think, oh, I'll be happy if I have more. I'll be happy if I have this. Once I get this big house, once I finally get this car, once I finally do this and that and achieve this thing, then I'll be happy. But Paul is saying, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, any and every situation. Not finally, once you get that thing, because as you know, if you've listened to the episode, the importance and futility of goals, no matter what goal you reach, it will never fully satisfy you because you'll always just have a new goal immediately after. Being content doesn't rely on a situation. And that's why Paul says he's learned the secret, meaning there's a secret behind being happy, behind being content. And to be honest, most people don't know what that secret is. And that's why he says, whether he's well fed or hungry, meaning whether he has all the food he needs or doesn't have anything, whether he's living in plenty or living in want, whether he has everything he needs and more than that, or whether he has nothing, he can do all this. And here's the secret through him who gives him strength. Through Jesus, through Christ, who gives me strength. And so, to apply this to our own lives, there are going to be seasons, and I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now because I'm in one of those seasons where it's rough. You know, you may not have a lot of money coming in. You may not know where your next dollar is coming from. You may be scared. You may be in like fearing or an- anxious or whatever it is. But there's also seasons where everything is great. You're, you know, you're blessed and you're always blessed, but like you're living in plenty. You have food, you have water, you're doing great, you're comfortable. And no matter what the season is, it's Christ who gives us strength and Christ who gives us joy and contentment. And that's something I'm continually learning. I've learned last year and I'm still learning this year. And I pray that you can learn as well, because there's nothing in this world nothing in this world that can give us contentment like Jesus. That brings me to number three. The Lord provides for all of our needs. And that's also in Philippians. For I know my Lord will provide for all of my needs according to his riches and glory. If you don't have it right now, whatever you think that you need, if you don't have it right now, there's a very specific reason. And that reason is you don't need it right now. I'm going to repeat that. The Bible says that the Lord provides for all of our needs. Meaning if you think that you need something right now and you don't have it yet, it means you don't need it yet. Sometimes, as I mentioned before, I don't know where my next dollar is coming from. I don't know where my business is going. And I feel like I need Oh, I need a new customer, I I need a new client, I need this, I need to help, you know, this money to pay off the bills, I need to do this and to do that, I need this and need that, but, and again, I'm preaching to myself here, the Lord says he provides for all of our needs. So when I'm so focused on everything that I need to be doing in order to achieve my goals, it can be futile, very futile, because the lord provides and don't get me wrong obviously we have to put in the work god doesn't just give like a like a parent who spoils his children and doesn't really care and and the child doesn't have to work that's not what it's like god expects us and wants us to work but in the end we can't be confident in ourselves more than we're confident in god we can do all the work and there's a verse um it's in wisdom of sirach which is in the septuagint not in our not in our uh Protestant Bibles, but in Wisdom of Sirach it says, you know, there's a if a farmer comes and he tills and he toils and he works and he does all this, at the end of the day, it's God who gives the right weather, the right circumstances, the rain, the sun, the soil, and all that to actually optimize the plant so that it can bear fruit. The farmer can work and work and work, but if it's not for God, then What's actually going to happen? Nothing, and so yes, we're called to work, but God is the one who gives the right season the right the right sun the the right environment, the right everything that we need, and He provides us with all of our needs. number four running a business is kind of like going to the gym, and here's what I mean: one workout. If you go to the gym and you do one fantastic workout, you know you warm up before you you go, you lift very heavy weights, you feel strong, you uh you like your blood is pumping, your biceps are huge, whatever you like you you do abs, you do some cardio, you hop on the elliptical, whatever it is, and go home. One workout is not going to make you fit. you're not going to go home and wake up the next day as a bodybuilder or a toned or whatever it is that you thought that you wanted. Consistency is what makes you fit, showing up day after day and putting in the work even if you don't feel like it is where true success comes from and you know what it's the same thing in my business doing having one good day where i'm super productive, get a ton of work done you know i I make my content i I talk to people on instagram and and I have enrollment calls and I reach out to my clients that's great all of it's great. But that's not where success comes from. But it's in consistency. You have to show up day after day and put in the work. And this brings us to a conversation about intensity and consistency. Which one's more important? Is it more important to do really intense workouts and be less consistent? Or to do less intense workouts and be more consistent? And we've talked about this before. If you don't know the answer, do less intense and more consistency. Because again, one intense workout won't make you fit, but seven or five less intense workouts, but you're doing them consistently, consistently, will. Now, lesson number five, and this is a lesson I'm always learning. It's really not about the money. Again, seven less things I've learned as a coach, seven lessons I've learned as a coach. And as a coach, it means I'm also a business owner but this is something that God has taught me. It's not about the money. I'm not just a business owner. This business is also a ministry. It's used to, to promote godliness in our health. Something that, you know, it's not a lot of, not, you don't see that in a lot of places. But God has given me this platform on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. He's given me this business. He's given me the talent, the talent to be able to speak, to teach, the talent to be able to coach, and all of these things. He's given me all of these, not to make my own life better, not to get rich, not to do all of this, but to make the lives of others better, to enrich the lives of others, to serve his kingdom and if I waste these opportunities to help others because they didn't have the money to pay me, then my heart's in the wrong place and I'm a failure. But if I genuinely give and use everything that he has given me to serve others, then I'm in the right place and I won't be a failure. Yes, I know my business needs to make money in order to survive and to grow, of course, but I've been called to change the lives of others and save their souls regardless of whether i can be compensated or not and this is where it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to know because all of the business mentorship programs and stuff like that i've been in teach the opposite but god is also always opposite to secular society but god tells me no matter how much money you're making you will be a failure if you are not changing the lives of others, whereas you know business mentorship tell tell me, you are success. Your success depends on how much money you're making. If you're making a hundred thousand, then and your goal is five hundred thousand. By the way, this is in no way reflective of how much money I'm making. But if you're making a hundred and you want to be making five hundred, you're a failure. But if you're making a hundred and you want it to be making eighty, then you're good. But that's not the point here. The point is that God's given me so much to enrich the lives and bless the lives of others. And that's what I want to do. It's not about the money, it's about changing lives. Number six, I may plan out every single decision and every small detail, but the Lord establishes my steps. Unless the Lord is at the center of my business, then I work in vain. When Nicole and I were traveling uh and I was on the plane, I opened up the Bible and I just wanted to start reading and this Proverbs three came to mind. And I'm actually just gonna open it now, just so I'm not paraphrasing, um, but I want it to be as accurate as possible. Proverbs three came to mind and I was like, wow, it feels like this is speaking to me right now. My son Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life for many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And then here's where the good stuff comes in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops, and your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim with new wine. No matter what I do in my business, no matter how many plans I make and and goals I have and steps I take, it's the Lord who establishes my steps. So I can either trust in my own heart and trust in my own self and my own confidence and fail, or I can trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean on my own understanding, and he will make straight my path. And it's weird, but it's submission. And a lot of us have a and not a good relationship with the word submission. We think it's a it's an evil word like, oh, I'm not supposed to submit, but submission's actually a good thing. Jesus, God the Son submits to God the Father. A wife submits to the husband. And that's not a bad thing. It's really not. That's what the Bible teaches. But we submit to God as well in all our ways. We are not wise in our own eyes, not confident in ourselves, but we are to honor and submit to the Lord in all things. And so no matter what decision I make or plans I take, it's the Lord who establishes my steps. And it's the same thing with you. And finally, lesson number seven. I am called to be a servant and called to be a shepherd. And I remember one day I was sitting, um, this was early, early in the year. And you know what, that month I only made, I think $200 for my business. And I was feeling very upset, very discouraged. And I, I asked God, why is this happening to me? What's going on? Like, why are you doing this? And then he kind of got my mind thinking about, am I serving my clients? Am I really serving them as well as I should be serving them? And I didn't know what that meant, but then he opened up this passage. I read 1 Peter 5, verse 2 to 4. It says, Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And at that moment, I realized, I'm a shepherd, I'm a servant, and all those people in my lives, with the clients and the people I'm taking care of, can be figuratively seen as my flock. It's not a it's it's a beautiful thing, you know. I know this passage is applying to pastors and leaders of congregations and churches, but I realized God's bringing this and talking to me through it as well and i have a list of things i need to be doing i have to watch over them and not because i have to but because i want to i don't i can't be pursuing dishonest gain but i must be eager to serve and must be an example to the flock leading by example because if i'm ever not living the life that I'm professing and and calling them to live, then how come they'd follow me? And that's a lesson I've learned in leadership as well. You don't follow someone if you don't see the fruit in their lives. If they're not walking in the same way that they preach, uh, that's what my wife and I jokingly call preacher syndrome. When someone says something and does something else, you don't follow them. And Jesus once said this about the Pharisees. He was like, you should do Everything that the Pharisees tell you to do. Oh, but don't do what they do, for they themselves do not practice what they preach. I think that's a very humbling lesson, but something that we have to understand, especially as leaders. Uh, I'm a leader of my flock. I've been leaders in other places. And we definitely have to, if you're a leader, a family, or whatever it is, you have to set the example because God's given us a lot of responsibility. And if we don't live up to that responsibility, then there will be a punishment. We have to set the example and walk according to what we preach. There we go. Seven lessons I've learned as a coach in 2023. And I'm still learning as a coach, as a husband, as a uh, business owner, as a athlete, whatever you want to call me, uh, whatever I am, as a child of God. I'm still learning these lessons, and I'm sure there will be new lessons along the way. But I wanted to share these with you because every lesson I learn is a valuable is a valuable lesson that you may have, may learn as well, or maybe in the process of learning. And you're not alone. God has blessed us with communities, with people to encourage and to challenge and to convict, and that's why we're here. And so I appreciate you being here, listening to this podcast, and. I encourage you throughout the rest of 2024 to really be observant to what God is saying, what God is calling, what God is telling you. Because a lot of times we miss the opportunities and miss the lessons that God is actually trying to teach us because we're so focused on the circumstances themselves. But trust God and let him teach you whatever it is that he wants to, so that he can build your character and that truly all things can work out for your good. Appreciate you being here and join us next time on another episode of the Healthy Christian Project.